someone knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Someone's knocking at the door Somebody's ringing the bell Do me a favor, open the door And let him in Ooh, yeah Someone's knocking at the door I think it's the band Far Or are they a duo? I still don't know Welcome to the Swallow Your Dreams Podcast. You heard me right. Welcome to the Swallow Your Dreams Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Carlson. Welcome to the episode this week. We have the two gentlemen behind the duo slash band, whatever you want to call it, Far, that's F-A-R-R. We've got Romeo, Testa, and Lyndon J, the bi-country team. Romeo being from here in L.A. and Lyndon being from the U.S., or U.S., the U.K., um, which is why I had a opening with Paul McCartney, a little homage to the family from across the pond. Um, these two have been working together for about three years now. They play some pretty dope music. Um, really stoked to have them in. I was very impressed to learn that Romeo has got some great vocals behind him, and Lyndon is a killer drummer, and they they really put together some good music. I don't I don't say that about every music I listen to, but I listened to their their kind of hit single on Spotify, Blades, and I was thoroughly impressed with how well it was produced and how well it was put together, and um, I like it. It's very good. So these two work together between the two countries and make some really good music, and they have a great background of how they met, um, what their parents did. They're both very uh, artistically and performance-based families, and it's a great listen. Um as always, I hope you guys rate and review the podcast. You can do so on Apple Podcasts. You can do so on Spotify. You can do so on SoundCloud. Give me a shout-out um, and do it. We got some merchandise in the works right now. If you guys are curious, you can hit me up um, and ask about it. It's not ready yet, but you guys will be in the loop. Other than that, I'm really excited to present this one to you guys. It was a good talk, and I really enjoyed it. Um, without further ado, enjoy. Quiet on set, places everybody, and action. <clears throat> Swallow your dreams. the girls on the trip were like making out with it and like that piece of cardboard got more ass than anyone else <laughs> on the entire trip all right in the garage here we have the men of far we have romeo and then your it was jay right linden linden jay awesome. what's up what's up and wait, what's your last name romeo testa testa okay that's what i thought most people don't know it they just know you as Romeo. I'm like Seal. I'm a one man. A one, <laughs> one man. name. <laughs> okay. Well, so these two guys make up um, the band. Do you, would you call it a band or you just yeah band a collaboration? Or we had a hard time calling it a band in the beginning because we both like came from doing our like separate solo things. So yeah, in the beginning we had this like awkward time of like, are, are we? What a, are, we? are we a duo? Do we say my duo yeah, or my? Band I think duo sounds better. Or my project, but then you just sound pretentious. So yeah, we're we're in a band. We're in a we're, you're in a pretentious industry. So I think you gotta embrace I mean, it almost. I think I need to just embrace my inner pretentiousness yeah. in general. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, you guys one are from different countries. <laughs> so yeah, Romeo lives here in L.A. and then Lyndon, you live in London, correct? Yeah. Okay, cool. Lyndon so from London. I normally I get that now. You what? Lyndon from London. Lyndon from London. That's yeah. easy to get. 
Um, so normally I start off every every talk with um, where you were born and raised and what your parents did for a living. So we're going all the way back. So Crazy. whoever right. wants to start. Um, my parents were from South Africa. Oh. They kind of like grew up semi-hippies. Um, when I say semi, like my dad, when he first met my mom's mom was wearing like a sarong dress <laughs> and he only spoke when it was important. Really? So he, <laughs> so he my dad, which is like the to? exact opposite of what he is now. He's now just like... My, <laughs> what does he do now? Um, my parents run a landscape gardening company. So my mom's a garden architect, and my dad runs the by business. landscaping. Do you mean like they own like a dispensary or something? <laughs> no, no, that doesn't actually exist in the UK. Oh, okay, I'm just a different kind of green now. Yeah, different I worked green. for him for a minute in London. He's the nicest guy. Really? Yeah. So my parents are super chill, um, and um, yeah, they sort of just. I mean, they were massively supportive of what I did. I used to like play drums in my room like all day, every day. My mom got so used to it she could like have naps while i was playing really so it wasn't yeah. like turn it down like turn it up no my parents were pretty into it yeah they let me like play acdc in my room as loud as i nice. wanted well that i mean i'm sure that helps influence someone like you guys become into music oh, no, like, i like give them full credit for like the amount of time i could spend doing what i was yeah. doing when i was younger it, it, i feel like it's, it's like opposites like you're either like motley crew where they like you know you're loud and obnoxious and your parents probably hate it or like for your case yeah. like parents fully embrace it and they're like telling you to take music lessons learn instruments and shit like that yeah my parents were definitely more conditional with the sound it was until they didn't really want to listen to it and then they would come and be like shut the fuck up yeah you need to stop playing it's 12 o'clock at night and there's five people sleeping <laughs> i mean i was also respectful and i'd stop at some point when i felt like it was just like abrasive yeah um i, I didn't give a fuck yeah he didn't give a fuck <laughs> yeah and you're well you're the vocalist right of the of the duo yeah so, so i mean I'm, maybe that's I'm why. really fucking loud but he's a drummer yeah so, okay like, yeah i feel like yeah i mean different strokes for different folks yeah yeah um did you were you born in south africa no i was i was born in london okay. um i went there a lot when i was younger um but yeah i mean south africa is an amazing place like these for the last couple of years i've been twice a year um and i love it there do you have family there too yeah um, what i mean like what does family do down there like what are they i mean it's not really that cool to live there like it's it's really amazing to go on holiday but it's quite a fearful place to live is it um, yeah i was gonna say is insanely it, is it beautiful as it's, uh, yeah it as could it's be dangerous i mean it's insanely like juxtaposition just with like it's the most beautiful place you've ever seen in your life and then it's like really quite yeah well like fear most carjackings and, like, in the yeah carjackings and like, and like just like when you get in your car you like have a look around first it's like it's not a very chilled environment <laughs> to live in like you um, but not but look around too much <laughs> exactly but it's mad inspiring there and like the bits of music you hear are just so pure and it's, it's incredible um it's like the least pretentious compared to <laughs> compared to living in london or in or la um, um and so romeo you didn't weren't you from what costa rica yeah i was i was born in costa rica um my my parents met in la um conceived me in la and then ran away to costa rica Okay, so they're they're not Costa Rican. Yeah, they? no, no, no. Um, my dad, my dad was born in Panama. Um, okay, he moved to Chicago when he was five, um, and then to LA for high school, um, to like Inglewood. And then my mom was born and raised in LA. She's like full Angelino. So I'm I kind of got both best of both worlds. I need to work on my dual citizenship. <laughs> and so they moved you to they moved there, and had you or yeah, you, they were so just on vacation or something. My how did it go? My mom told me this a couple of weeks ago. So my mom and him met here, did the thing, <laughs> um, did the damn thing. Um, and then I think my dad was going down to Costa Rica and my mom, I don't think I was scheduled for a completion. Um, <laughs> and I think that she ended up going down there and following him. They, they ended up having me down there. My dad huh. had a restaurant and stuff and my dad was a chef and, woodworker so he kind of just chilled down there had his restaurant and then they needed my family and stuff so they came back up here is it still is the restaurant still going down there no um i think i think it's still like standing um but i haven't been down to costa rica since i was born oh really i think 
We moved back there briefly when I was like two, but I don't, I don't remember any of it. And then what did mom do? Um, my mom was a, a modeling agent for years. Um, she she grew up in the industry. She started like, oh, okay. modeling and then being an agent by like 16 or something like that. And she's still? No more. No. Um, she did that till I was about five and then had my other little brothers and stuff and just decided to to mom out is that because i noticed you have done some modeling work i did i did my research on you guys um is that kind of how you got into that direction or were you kind of scouted else um no yeah fully my mom's um old boss from when she was 16 um actually runs the agency i'm with oh okay yeah Yeah. so we we got in with her um they, they kind of handle random music stuff as well oh really so um is that the one that's what photogenics or something Mm -hmm. yeah photogenics is that photogenics is that separate from the other one the management company you guys yeah fully so they they just handle like okay i don't know like social media stuff yeah yeah modeling stuff publicity kind of things yeah um management is our management and my writing management so then i guess for both of you um I mean, yeah, both parents were, so parents for you weren't entirely on board with you being, but. Oh, they, no, they fully, my, they my dad, my dad played music okay. for a really long time. I mean, he's an old hippie. He like, yeah, they're, that's one thing our parents definitely have in common. His, and his, his are a little more sensible. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> but, but both parents, I feel are artistic in the sense with are crafty with their hands your dad being yeah. a, a they're artistically open yeah all of all of i think just both not maybe not yeah, yeah. Like yeah the same ocd i have for sound and like attention to detail my mom has visually so like, i completely picked that up that like obsessive yeah like, it just has to be right yeah um so yeah that's totally where i got that from yeah and my mom my mom was always like supportive of the arts as well as my stepdad um i played violin from like seven till 17 so mm-hmm. like i was they they supported that they would never show up to a baseball game but they definitely came to all my concerts and really so, yeah. but you, you you were you were sports you did sports as well just just baseball my yeah. dad played when he was a kid my mom literally lived across the street from the baseball diamond but never showed up to a game because she was like nope i'll watch i'll watch you play violin or sing but i don't really care about baseball do you, you want to talk about that right now I don't know. Should we hash it out? I need some <laughs> therapy over it. Pretty bad. I mean, that's, that's kind of what the podcast does. Um, a case study. <laughs> so from there, um, you guys both played through high school. Um, kind of what was like after that? I mean, did you guys, you took classes, you said, like violin. Were you taking classes? Were you were doing any school? Yeah. I mean, I mean, playing through start, the school? Yeah, or? I started playing drums when I was 10 um, and played in a lot of like rock bands and stuff at school. Um, with homies who I still am like really actually I live with one of the guys who I was in that band with really um, in London and um, played drums obsessively hours and hours every day until I was about 18 um, and had a few guitar lessons and piano lessons and that kind of thing I was just like obsessed like all my friends would go and play football at lunch break like football is in soccer you should be banging as on in, the desk or something well no I just go, <laughs> the to, the, I go to the drum room on my own <laughs> That's and just sweet. like rock out um, so yeah I always found peace in that but um, <clears throat> I ended up so I guess when I was about 14, 15, I played, um, I played with my friends, but my brother was also in a band um, and they had a rehearsal at our house once and the drummer couldn't make it. So he asked me to sit in on the rehearsal and then that was the last time that their drummer <laughs> came. So I basically got the gig really? and it was a bunch of sort of like late 20 year olds and I was, I must have been 14, 15. Really? Um, and then, I mean, admittedly, I wasn't quite good enough, but I think my brother wanted to just kick my butt. So I ended up doing a bunch of shows with them. So I was doing festivals in the UK and played like Jazz Cafe in London and venues that like now I, l- uh, yeah, with my brother's band. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't like huge scale like stuff, but it was like a 10 piece funk and soul band. So we just used to like bring the party. Yeah. Um, and that like, I learned a lot from that, obviously. Um, and they definitely like hid the alcohol backstage from me and I didn't think, you know, it was just like, I mean, a bunch of late 20 year olds <laughs> having fun at parties. Like I, I def- they did a good job of hiding everything from me. So, so you didn't, you didn't have like a corrupted No, I think from- my, my, my brother was really, really good with me. He like definitely, I think he gave everyone in the band the memo. Really? Yeah. Which, is rather, like, which is rather unheard of. Like you, I mean, yeah, that's how no, people kind of get well, into it. Well, the thing it. is he's a lot older than me. He's 11 years older than me. So he was sort of like a fatherly figure. If he was like six years older, he would have been that older yeah. brother that got me into stuff. But he like looked after me a lot. He was very protective in that way. Um, but yeah, and I did that. And then, I mean, we can move slightly on from from high school. But I mean, around that time, I was doing lots of session drumming. I was in the studio playing drums, drums, drums. That's all I thought about. And then I, when I was 18, 19, I auditioned for Berkeley 
and like somehow the stars aligned and I got a scholarship to go to Berkeley. So then I was like, okay. I mean, I got heavily into jazz. I was playing. Well, is that Berkeley in Berkeley, America? Boston. Yeah, Berkeley oh. College of Music. Oh, okay. I, I, was, I mean, the last like couple of years of high school, I got really heavily into jazz and just that like free flow thing. Uh, music that I just like couldn't understand in any way. It was just like so complex and like so colorful. So I really was obsessed with jazz. So I was like, Berkeley's the goal. And I made it there. Um, and then, I mean, I can keep telling the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> so parents, I made it there. But parents were like, yeah, so, yeah, go on and do it. Go, yeah, go, go. it was just like, this is this is it. I was going to go to some jazz colleges in London, but it just didn't really quite suit because I felt a bit more open-minded to the sort of traditional jazz education approach. So I, um, I went off to Berkeley and cut a long story short, I did two semesters and slipped a bunch of discs in my back and couldn't really play drums. From what? From... A multitude of things um it was just over time they just like my yeah yeah exactly but what did you what did you say sex sex <laughs> okay. sure, there, it wasn't that the only thing i was making okay. love with was my drum set i was gonna say is there a lot of yeah. sex at jazz school <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I, maybe maybe i've been i've been looking for sex in the wrong places i need to go yeah, try the, to the frat parties everyone just brings their own instrument and just sits there like <laughs> <laughs> the, me yeah um so i Came back to London after two semesters. So for, for, for the health for some, reasons of the Yeah, because I was like, damn, what am I going to do? Like, I did all my final exams at Berkeley, like standing up. I couldn't sit on a chair without my nerve being pinched. It was rough, super rough. So I got back to London and then I was on a show and some guys asked me if I wanted to go on tour with them for 30 days doing front of house sound engineering for them. And they kind of misjudged the fact that I didn't know what I was doing. I was going to say, did you have the credibility for uh, that? Not really, no, but I kind of... Um, just said yes. Fake it till you make and it. And I was always in like I was always into the tech stuff of music. And then I just like read manuals for two weeks and then went on tour and thirty shows later was like, All right, I'm a sound engineer, I never want to do that. What what so, uh <laughs> what year was this in? That was in must have been like twenty twelve. Okay. So I mean you what was so Google was still accessible. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Like you could Google your your knowledge. Oh yeah, yeah. As well. So I mean, I got sent the, the uh, tech rider for every venue of the whole tour, and then I looked at what mixing console they were using, and then just like read yeah. up onto YouTube and yeah, manuals yeah. and stuff. I just had to do it because I yeah, was yeah. freaking out. I didn't well, know what I was doing. So I mean, you d you found out you didn't like it, but did you pull it off? It wasn't necessarily that I didn't like it. I just like felt like I needed to be more creative and express more. And mm -hmm. like that was a skill I developed, and I still love doing that for homies and front like, I mean, I'm a, I'm an engineer. It's a favor. I'm a producer, so yeah. The way I see it is that like that was the best life lesson because it basically taught me that if I combine my music with my engineering, um, that's basically what I do now every day, which yeah. is production. So um, I learned so much, and I'm grateful for um, yeah, all the engineering stuff I did in the past. But I definitely want to be like making music and writing yeah. songs and like, um, yeah, playing think, chords and now today like producing is taking on a new meaning and role Most i guess definitely. In, in music so like I, you kind of have to just do everything yeah so you sometimes are in charge of those technical things and then at the same yeah. time you need to have the creative side so i think you having both is probably super beneficial yeah no one half of me is like the biggest geek you've ever met in your life and the yeah. other half wants to just like never press record and just like play guitar and just yeah enjoy it just um, so i'm like split time. between the both which yeah. i think is um it's good. I go back and forth between just like zoning out in the studio on my own and like mixing records, and then we just like have fun um, and make new songs. So yeah, it's two two different sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, do you are you ever the the vocal side, or is that just solely you? Are are you you're playing I, drums? I are do. You playing any other I do like with bits it? of backing vocals here and there. Yeah. He's he's like the alter ego voice in the in the songs and stuff like that. It helps a lot actually. I think we had that kind of moment last year. What song was it? Oh yeah, Unreversible, uh, which was like a couple singles ago. It was we were like sitting and re uh, writing it and stuff, and he had had like um, he was talking to this girl for a while and stuff, and like some some stuff happened, and he was like talking about wanting to write a song about it and, and whatnot. And I had written this song, and we got I was to the like, end. Romeo, of it. help me <laughs> express myself. <laughs> express my feelings for me, please. Put them into words. Um, but write yeah. this song for a girl so I can play it to her. Exactly. No, but like it was it was sick because like in that moment it was like adding another voice to the band and like adding another perspective and like whenever certain things happen on the album and stuff like that you can like hear his voice layered on or like do Lit i'm part. sure literally and figuratively hear his voice like yeah yeah completely like you hear it speaking but then through the the lyrics oh, you're like oh that's 
yeah him talking now yeah yeah and it's it's, it's really nice it, it creates a really nice kind of um sound palette vocally because mm-hmm. i think there's there's a really kind of nice thing that i think we've gotten into with our music is just like the music speaks for itself and the vocals and the lyricism yeah. and all that stuff kind of speak for themselves too and they kind of take on their own worlds a bit and they'll, they'll take you to real weird places because i just like sit in a dark room just like screaming my head off alone so it's just like <clears throat> yeah it's great something i mean i guess along the lines of just having like the multiple voices multiple i mean everyone always says like two heads are better than one but especially like unless you're James Blake unless one's a dickhead <laughs> yeah alright we all we, there's six heads in this room right now so <laughs> um, but like for me being like I, I, I want to write and you know sometimes writing I had someone read one of my scripts the other day and there, there is a sex scene in the script and she's like she's like I could totally tell that a male wrote this sex scene I was like like what what, what, what do you mean she's like well because the whole scene sent around his dick like <laughs> like that's how you describe it it's like she went and rubbed his like rubbed his dick I, I don't know what what vernacular I use but like she's like it was that was sure what it was, it was a center out yeah I mean it, 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 it was it wasn't so much like just a, a porn scene but it but she's like I could tell and I didn't even think porn. about that I was like well I guess that's how I would think being a male is like it, that's yeah. where this scene's gonna revolve around and now I'm like well I should write this different like see how she would write it or see how a female would write a, a female voice because I'm definitely gonna write a female voice different yeah. than a male voice 100 percent I think it's really nice to change perspectives. Yeah. Like, I, I find, because I'm by trade, like, a songwriter. Like, that's my, like, you know, that's what I do for my life. And I found recently, or not even recently, in the last few years, that, like, writing from a girl's perspective is so, like, mentally freeing because you're, you're really genuinely getting out of your head and you're forced mm-hmm. to really take on a perspective that you have no concept of, actually. Like, but Yeah, you can think you, you know what you're you saying. You can think but... you know you, what you're saying, but then it also forces you to take a little more time to be introspective and like think about that you know like yeah it's like i don't know it's 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 really it's nice to to kind of get out of your head and try to you know challenge yourself to see through someone else's eyes mm-hmm. and walk in somebody else's shoes like that's that's storytelling as well yeah. like that's just the basis of it so, yeah it's sick. um backtrack a little bit i wanted to see kind of where you went after high school so you were still i mean you you took violin lessons Shit, i didn't finish high school <laughs> did you not finish um, high school yeah so i I um, started playing violin when I was seven, uh, immediately disliked it. Um, my parents, though, they, like, hit me up when I was a kid, and they were like, we're at the doctor's office right now. We saw this ad. They have, like, free violin lessons um, for uh, people. Um, if you do it, you have to do it till you're 18. And me being a fucking seven-year-old, it's like, yeah, obviously. Okay. Yeah, I'll okay. do it. Little did I know I was signing a life contract. But did that, learned guitar in rebellion to my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, which my dad had like tried to teach me years prior to that and I disliked it a lot. So did that and then started singing when I was 11, <clears throat> went to a middle school. Um, and then we did a benefit concert for it and, uh, Melissa Etheridge and Steve Picaro from Toto, um, oh, yeah. put on the show and it was this big, like at a middle for, school. Yeah. Well, it was a, mid- or- it was a K through high school. Um, but I was in middle school at the time. I was in eighth grade. Um, and it was a show. All the kids were singing and stuff. And they had like these curated kind of concert. And um, I sang Dream On with Melissa Etheridge, which was crazy. That's fucking God, awesome. She like screamed like four inches from my face. It was crazy. Oh, um, and then I played one of my own songs. Um, and that song got picked up for Grey's Anatomy uh, from that show when I was 13, 14. Wow. Um, and so we had to re-record it, ended up having this recording, didn't make it onto the show, but then my mom's friend hit me up and he'd like sent it to like the president of Columbia. Um, and at that point, kind of paralleling it, I had just gotten, um, I just got uh, expelled from school for some some mishaps um, well, what, what kind grade. of mishaps Let's <laughs> i gave some kids some weed i didn't even make money That's it was I, I was i was the middleman and <laughs> i regret it so i'll never be the middleman again don't shoot um, the messenger he's you just know, he's just following orders come on exactly let him do it. you know what to be fair i orchestrated it 
Um, but it was, it was, you know, it's a learning experience. I was stupid. I made a stupid decision, but then I went, yeah, exactly. They let me come back to the next year. I just didn't want to pay for my tuition. Um, but (laughs) but anyways, I, so I, I spent the next like six months after that, the next semester in some kind of weird fucked up school. And then this is all in LA. Yeah. All in LA. And, um, I used to walk past a strip club every day to go to my performing arts building and shit. And like, it was wild, but, um, I what just did school, that. What school are you in? I was at champs. Is that, um, is that like Valley? a valley? Yeah. Like deep van eyes. Okay. Or not deep van eyes. Is it, is it kind of like a musically or artistically a, oriented school or is it just, that one was a performing arts school. Okay. Um, the school I was in prior to that was a Waldorf school. So it was very philosophical teachings. Um, like all of everybody learns math with like fairies and stuff like that till third third grade and stuff which you know what it produces some incredible people like yeah. most of the people that come out of there end up doing some really incredible stuff actually we were on a job with one of the people i went to school with um, oh really last week okay yeah. um but yeah they're they're great but i got out of those schools i did the summer and the president of columbia had started talking to me as i like was leaving school that summer and by the end of it um i signed to them for like four or five years did my thing they developed me as a singer and a songwriter and stuff didn't go back to school i homeschooled for the rest of it and, and you how old were you were you like 15 or something at this point? 15 and a half okay yeah, i was 15 and a half um and i was doing a real different kind of music i used to have a yeah. harmonica on my neck and an acoustic guitar <laughs> and it was rebranded oh yeah well yeah no i didn't even rebrand for a long time like i honestly probably came into my own as a as an artist and as somebody who i could like look in the mirror and respect yeah and like the last three years probably since we started working with each other because i think my taste levels went up and i think mm-hmm. that with us we kind of like challenge each other's kind of concept of taste and also just like each other's taste in music um like i've, I've learned so much from yeah from this guy um so yeah it's, it's it's taken shape in its its own way it's been a it's been a crazy one did you um i guess during that columbia stint um i mean it sounds like all was going well were you kind of just like in the moment like I've made it at this point no. where you kind of just along for the ride super or? not actually um I I had a bunch of friends who were musicians and there was this one one dude in high school that I hung out a lot with and he was like a senior when I was in eighth grade but he was like a big brother and he'd been trying for a while his manager like had something to do with Dave Matthews and like a bunch of other people and stuff and I was like why am I getting signed right now like I have one song like I'd been writing for a long time at that point but <clears throat> it was just like I haven't done any work to do this mm-hmm. and I haven't, I haven't earned it in any way so I was I was pretty hard on that's myself that's interesting that how humbled you were kind of by it and like- it just didn't feel right but I think that came from a lack of confidence in what I was doing because I was so young and there's like no you're, you don't have any concept of how good you are unless you're like some massively confident person from the jump yeah so I, I had a little bit of struggle with that but then as time went on it was like all right now I'm putting in my time it's been nine years this year since I signed and like now I feel like all right yeah cool I've done, I've done yeah, my work yeah. I've put in my hours and I stuff mean were, and were people like done. reassuring you <clears throat> it wasn't an issue of you not being confident right like mm. people were like dude you you've got something like this is a thing yeah no people were always mad supportive of me and stuff and I, I felt that I think it was more of just like I knew what I wanted but I didn't know how to convey it okay um, it through my music because I was I wasn't like yeah. a great guitar player i never took any vocal training um i took like a couple classes here and there and my guitar playing i never took any lessons really on that either so i didn't really know where i stood mm-hmm. um and it took me doing years of like writing with all the people who did like adele someone like you and chasing pavements and stuff like that and like that whole circuit and a bunch of other writers from like really learning and referencing what yeah. they do um it, that's what kind of gave me m- my confidence in, in how I work. And okay. I think when Linda and I met, it was like, oh shit, the like the palette and the landscape of things that I've always wanted to do exists. It's taking somebody else to do that part, but it frees my mind up for so much more yeah. because kind I can of delegate the things that you. Yeah, and my violin training and all that stuff like influenced heavily on like my singing and stuff. So like that that part of it combined with him being so good at what he does was just like oh shit i can i the possibilities are endless and on the flip for me it's like i don't sing that much i never really sing the lead vocal of a song and i usually if i'm on my own i'll usually make some crazy instrumental production or do something weird where i chop up vocals but meeting rome i obviously learned so much about songwriting and 
for me to have to be able to just do my production thing and know that when we work on the song or even if Rome writes the song on his own and then comes to me like it's gonna be banging it's gonna be great well, and, um, that's, and know, I'm not that's like constantly mean. every day like being like I need to find singers I need to find singers because that's kind of the curse of being an electronic producer is that it's like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, well, like, what am I going to do when I go on tour? You've got a missing element. Yeah, like when I go on tour as a solo artist, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to take like 15 singers with mm -hmm. me or take two singers with me that do all the songs that I've written with other singers. And it just didn't feel quite right. So to actually have a singer in my band, um, yeah, it makes life a lot easier. Um, a singer that can comp their own vocals. Yeah, yeah. He, also can right. he also can produce and like use all the software Which I'm sure and understands just like a lot, you guys being in different countries dude i mean he just like understands the process it's that just like sick too because now we go like we'll go back and forth and like lyndon trust me trust me now to like get on, <laughs> on to ableton and like do little things here and there and stuff like that and there's a lot more like back and forth with everything now because like he'll step in and be like this melody needs to change rhythms like this and like we need to sort this out and it's it's very very collaborative like, yeah. obviously i'm the producer he's a singer but it's getting more and more blurred um, I don't think he's ever gonna like produce the entire record and I'll sing the entire record But I mean there's new there's this new one that he did where he made the demo and then I tried to like reproduce the whole thing And then it's like oh I just kind of went back to like the demo drums and laid in a couple of things and like We re-recorded guitar but I ended up leaving in one of his demo guitars and it's like more and more It makes sense for just like the original idea to just like stay It's we, honestly our, every track we make our process is completely different mm -hmm. So we just like jump in basically. Yeah fully I mean, as long as that works. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it just more and more too. It just gets deeper because, you know, the more that I can put together on my own, the more concept he has of where I see the song, and then he can be like, "Oh, this, this, and this needs to change for it to make more sense." Yeah, and like we need to do this for it to actually like convey the message that you're trying to convey and stuff. It's 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 a I mean, it's a two way teaching kind of situation, you know. Also, we have a similar process in that when I make beats or ideas i kind of just throw like 300 ideas in at once and then end up muting like 95 percent of yeah, it and well, i'm left with the best bit to do it totally and when then you have more to draw from you're gonna find a, a better product. exactly i just go like the first like 20 minutes of me making a new thing i just go crazy and it's a huge mess nothing's labeled it's just carnage you're just trying to fake you're trying to make a mistake that ends up being really cool yeah um and it's kind of the same That's with an interesting Rome. way to think about it totally like you gotta let them an accident that, that yeah. is just killer no if 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 you're like making a beat and in the first five minutes you're already labeling channels or what they should be like you haven't you haven't yeah. made enough of a mess <laughs> um but then the same way that rome works when i'm like okay let's do like loads of crazy backing vocal stuff just for atmosphere rome will honestly just do like six or seven different groups of just like wild different stuff and then i end up muting three of them but that's cool because you had to take that journey and trust the process in order to get to that yeah. point so we both appreciate that like sometimes you just have to let each other like go off on one and it's not going to be that great but like maybe you'll do four things that aren't that great but if you just keep going eventually you, you find one. the thing yeah you got just one that's one. all that matters no one's yeah. going to hear the journey it's all that matters is the end goal so that's kind of how we work we just go on a mad one basically yeah I mean, the, right now is the journey, the, yeah. the the where people can find out how that works. Um, so I, I want to what I I want to find out like where you guys connected. So I guess we can just keep going off of you. So you, you yeah, you're not still with Columbia, right? I'm not still with Columbia. I got out of my deal uh, fucking three and a half maybe years ago. How did that? I think end? it was it was super clean. Columbia. Okay. I mean, look, the thing is, is I consider that my college. Um, I never really saw myself going to college. I wanted to go to Berkeley briefly, but as soon as that happened, it was just like, I was learning from the best songwriters in the world and I just was writing. So that was cool. Um, and then they let me go, um, super, super amicably. And they were really kind to me and just, they knew it wasn't, it wasn't working out and I knew it wasn't working out. And I think that that kind of brought me to the perfect point to be like, all right, where's the next step? What is it? Cause I, I spent so much time putting all of my worth in what other people thought yeah. of how I worked and I hid out in my room for a good like eight months and my parents garage in their studio and I made a really split decision to go to London for a writing trip and I hadn't been in years um but you've been before I'd been before D doing Columbia what? yeah Columbia sent me out there to work with um a group of really really talented producers um and writers and stuff uh and there was a good four-year gap between the last time and then that time that I went out um had the trip scheduled and stuff and did you go out to the same producers or just no new, i knew people completely knew i had signed a new publishing deal um with uh sony atv and they 
set me up with a bunch of people. Um, and then one of the last few sessions, I had a, a double day and I went from one of my sessions to this other one. And I walked into this like random ass, like carpet shop basement. And I was like, where the fuck am I? And he, uh, Lyndon came out and I was like, <laughs> cool i haven't heard any music and he he hadn't heard any of mine and we like, like sat who, in the room the for fuck a second are you well who the fuck are you yeah exactly exactly i was like singing like pop ballads and shit like that yeah. and he was you know nothing but a dj at that point. <laughs> 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 just kidding he was he was killing at that point he had this one song Par- paradise that i heard and i was just like holy shit like this is this is wild this is like some stuff i haven't heard before so we sat down um and then i, I don't think i asked about the weed right up front the weed i think eventually <laughs> you would like said something and I was like, do you smoke weed? Because at that point of the trip, I was like, it doesn't exist. This is, like, this is, I live in LA, obviously. This so is the like, make or break point. <laughs> this is the make or break point. Do you like Well, the, the thing weed? is, is the vibe. The vibe in, with everybody in, in London is, is so nice. Like, everybody's pretty chill. And a lot of people can play instruments, which is a big game changer from LA, which is a lot of beat-based, like, sessions and stuff mm-hmm. out here. So I, like, walked in, and, and he, weed happened. And, like, he had good weed, which was also very unheard of, <laughs> which last time I smoked in London, I was like, fuck, I got a headache. I'm, I want to go to sleep. I don't feel well. Yeah, shout out Simba. Simba's the man. He's our um, he's our mascot. Guy? Oh no, Simba. Simba's our guy. No, Simba's uh, one of Lyndon's roommates slash best friends. For the memo, he's definitely not a drug dealer. I know we made it sound like he was <laughs> a drug well, dealer. Well, I was, no, he I was just like, is this a real person? Is this? He's just the only guy with good weed. Is this in a London. strain? <laughs> um, the Simba strain. <laughs> <laughs> uh sorry Simba. um yeah but we we, we caught a vibe and then uh, it was it was i mean there was no turning back after that yeah. we wrote our first single down in that session um i came back to la and he started sending me beats we wrote blades so it kind of just like snowballed and you guys just kept playing together and 100 percent. The, the time after I, came, I went out to london that first time we were like I, he, he picked me up from the the apartment i was staying at right before I left, we were doing like one last session. We were like driving to go get bagels or something like that at like, what was it? Like midnight probably, I think. And I was like, dude, at some point we should like just do, do like a collab project. Like yeah. Just like, yeah. do, do you want to, do, do you want to be exclusive like with that. me? And he was, and then I said my greatest words ever. He's like, no, <laughs> he was like rejected. Yeah. I got, I got pretty rejected the first time, but I was, I was, why? Like, I, why? I was just, I was doing another project at that point and I had quite a lot going on and in my head I was like, already I'm doing too much. Um, and like, I was just like, I want to do the, my thing and this other project I'm doing. And if I start another thing, that's just like spreading myself too thin. Cause I already felt like I was like in too yeah. deep and it was just like a lot. I was like, no, I can't start another project. It's not you, I can't it's have me. A, yeah. It's not you. It's me. Exactly. Um, and then it kind of just, just kept snowboarding and right, we kept writing more music. Um, and then about like two months later, we had probably like six or seven tracks together. Uh, it, was like, it was like eight months later almost. Yeah, dude. And then, so then it was like, damn. And then on, um, Romeo's manager, who now manages us together. Which is that Red Light? Yeah, Red okay, Light. Red Light manager. So he was like, you guys should definitely start a name because like, who cares about two guys collaborating who no one knows about? It's like, if it's like Damon Arbor and Pharrell collaborate, like obviously people care. Yeah. We were like, it's us, it's UK. And, never, and he was just like, no one cares. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no one's going to give you money because you're two unheard of guys who are collaborating. You need to start a new project. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of like, is it kind of like putting your eggs in one basket kind of thing? Was that what it was for you? You were kind of scared of that? Well, I mean, in all honesty, the F- Blades and Rebel Soul were going to be Lyndon J and Romeo records. And they felt like they were like the Lyndon J sound. Just because I'd made them like in my head, I was just like, this is a record I've made. But then creating far out of them. I mean, that set the whole template for what, what everything is. It was just a defining moment where I had yeah. to sort of, I felt like I gave away my babies, but then in reality, okay. I didn't give, yeah. I didn't give anything away because they're still mine. It's still yeah, my yeah, band. Yeah. But you, it felt like it was under someone else's name in a sense. Well, it was just like, oh, these would have been so strong for the Lyndon J artist thing because I was like looking for songs at that time and they felt like really strong songs. And then they just came out as far, which I mean, it's still me. It's just, we just yeah. started a new imprint. But yeah, no regrets at all. Yeah, it was, I mean, that's kind of how it's it's gone in general, too, is like, you know, I had a solo project, and he had a solo project, and slowly as time has gone on, it's been like less and less of those and more of far, but it's, I think both of us have kind of like, there's yeah. the song Don't Miss Me that, you know, Lennon came out right before we actually started the band, and um, 
I was fucked up from a, a breakup and stuff and he spent the month on my couch and we just like made music the entire time and I'd written this song Don't Miss Me about my ex and um I was like fuck this is this is a romance song like this is going to be crazy like, uh, I really wanted to produce it and then we got him. to the end of it and we were like I mean this is we're in a band like yeah. let's just let's just fucking put it out and yeah. like it's <clears throat> it, I think it really is uh, a product of like both of our are like minds like it's yeah it just, it yeah. just makes like, sense. obviously we're still individual people and ideas start as like an individual vision i'm like i've got an idea for this thing in my head and then i make it and i'm like this is mine and then it's, it's like he'll it's do something on it and i'll be like oh i wanted to keep it for myself <coughs> but this is so good i can't say no and then and then it's like oh the reason i made that in the first place was for us and now it feels completely right and it's like part of the trajectory and it's just like a give and take yeah, when at the same time, um, I mean, yeah, you you compliments each other. So and you you you, it's hard to think of that in the future that someone else is gonna. Here, you want to pull your pinky off the there? It just like makes a noise when you oh, put sure. your pinky in there. Wait, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Killed it. Uh, well I swear I didn't set that up on purpose. Um, now I lost all thoughts of what I was going to say. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it was, I'm sure, yeah, it, like you guys have said over and over, it's like it was yours, but in the end, I feel like it probably made it better the fact that both of you were, yours you, you see it other. Yeah. And, and also, like, we're totally down for each, for each other to succeed. Yeah. So if I do make something that Romeo wants and then someone else uses it, it's like, okay, I mean, when we're winning, we're both winning because we're both trying to like do this together. So yeah, which is yeah. glad why I, happy why days. why we waited to have both of you in here because I think that, I mean, it would have been very the, the the whole talk about this, the whole learning process for me, I guess, would have been totally different if I just heard <coughs> Romeo's side. Totally, yeah. And and I mean, it's it. I get to see what you. You have wouldn't to say have about had it. some like sarcastic British guy. Just, like, <laughs> about yeah, it. but we. Yeah, exactly. That would. <laughs> I need. I need more comedic Mate. takes on this. Yeah. More chops. Um. So, how long has it been? Three years that you guys have been collaborating, or no? January is three. Wait, yeah. In April, in April, it, end of April, it's three, three, three years, I think, or maybe four. I Whoa, no idea I've lost all concept of time. Which is dude. which is a good sign of. I feel like I've seen nothing but his face, <laughs> <laughs> and then just the entire time. I feel like I've heard nothing but out of tune screaming. <laughs> <laughs> nothing but the same snare. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is the same like, three snares. <laughs> Drum snare or actual snare? <laughs> Bit of both. <laughs> uh, um, so the I was the one thing I wanted to talk. So I guess I didn't want to get into just yet. Um, I mean, have you guys had any like? Both okay. Before I get to that, have you guys had any like? playing wise do you play shows in london as well like how yeah. how, how does the show playing just sold out our first show in london really? uh, back in september at seabright arms what, what kind of uh um venue like audience wise um it was it was all over the place the place was packed i honestly couldn't see everybody's faces at once um but it was it was super sick we did that show out there and then we actually we started this event called farhouse um yo you had mentioned well, that yeah you. while we we're in london um, which was kind of like a thing we had thought of a couple years ago. We were like, yo, let's get a house in LA. Let's have a bunch of people come in. Every Friday night we'll have a, a show and with like a bunch of friends of ours and stuff. We have tons of super talented friends that are you know doing well right now and whatnot. And um, finally I was in London for three months and we were like, fuck it, let's just add another show to our trip and also do a far house. Um, so we threw a house party at Lyndon's house um, and had a bunch of our friends play. Uh, a few of our friends who are, you know, really sick DJs um, spun a little bit and it's just a good vibe. So we're like, let's do it in L.A. Got a few more people involved, got some brands involved. How long stuff. ago was that? That was in uh, October, right? <coughs> yeah. Um, and it went super well. We had a bunch of people come through and we uh, rented out this warehouse and had some like weed brands and some alcohol sponsors. Awesome. And stuff. How do you, like, you connect with those? Did you use your <coughs> management our team? Our management helped yeah. us out with that. Actually, you know what? The weed brand was a friend, a family friend of mine from... When okay. I was a kid, um, but yeah, it was it was super sick. And now, you know, the shows we play with a full band most of the time. We'll do a we'll do a smaller set at some point, which is just the two of us. But mm -hmm. um, play with a five piece: our guitar player, a drummer, a background singer. Lyndon plays keys, bass, SPD, and like. Are they the are the stuff. are the 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 five piece? Are they consistently the same people, or do you guys kind of? There's one. Um, yeah, we, we basically we have a UK band and an LA band or an American band. Um, but our guitar player Todd is kind of like 
a more or less a part of the band. Okay, he's, I was going to say, one. does he? Is it to the point where he wants to be identified like a, a, not a duo anymore? No, 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 no. I mean, like Todd. Todd does his guys. own thing. Like okay. Todd. Todd is a very so it's like still you musically. Guys. This is the guy I was talking about who I was in a band with at school and I lived uh. with. He's just like the truth. He's <laughs> just the truth. Uh, but he's yeah, he plays. Yeah, he no, he's just like. Um, understands music like as confidently as we're speaking the English language right now um and it's just all clear in front of him and I take everything we work on to him and he really helps me like adapt stuff and figure out the best options for stuff and then if it heavily like every time I'm in a bind I I I go to Todd and I'm like cool what's the next chord like where do we go from here um and yeah he's he's playing guitar on most of the fast stuff I'm I'm playing quite a lot but then I sort of go to him and see if there's any more details but um yeah, in the UK show, I mean, he just like takes it to the next level. He's he's yeah. ridiculous. We're trying to we're trying to convince him to come to the US with us yeah. when we do that stuff. He's like he's like the one piece of the band that's just like he he's he's the he's the guy. He's, he's indispensable. He just makes everything he, feel he's, like it's he, right. He's he's not supplementing. And he kicks everyone's butt in rehearsal. Like so, I I I do it as well. But he's just like yeah. He's more organized than any person that. Which I've is what you need. Yeah, hundred so. percent. Yeah, shout out Todd, basically. Yes, we'll we'll include the his link in the bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'll put you. Um, yeah. How how often do you guys um I guess travel to one another? I was just out in London for three months from oh, wow. August to October. Um, just, huh? just, <laughs> just three months. <laughs> or what would you say? Just no, no, what? It feels like so long. I know. Oh. Right? it feels like it feels like ages ago. Cause, and he came out for Far House LA. Mm-hmm. Um, in November. I'm normally here, like here in LA, like twice a year for a month at a time, something like that. Like one or two trips to London, but it, it's going to start getting a lot more. I'm there next month, um, and then he's probably will end up back out here before the end of the summer, and then I'll probably end up out there in yeah. September. And any thoughts and of like just being centrally located at one spot? Or well, is it, it, it kind of helpful to have the two industry? Yeah, two we're definitely regions. split between both. Um, there's a lot going on in both for us and we can keep busy in either place. So they're both important like that. But um, I definitely see myself coming out to LA at some point for a longer trip. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. how long and when and how if long it's is all going to work right out. This is a month right now. This will be a month. But yeah, something like three to six, like I reckon three months would be a good yeah. starting place. I don't know if I want to move out here permanently. Yeah. I don't want to like pack up shop back home um, just because... I mean, it's just so yeah, it's just my hometown. Like, yeah, I just, and there's something to do with that. Is, exactly. I mean, is there one? And also, I'm so set up with my studio and everything where I live, and I just live with great people. And it's is like, it um, drop that. is there one between the two places? Is one kind of are you guys doing better in one? Like, um, would you say? I guess the music scene is different. Are I mean, the guys, music scenes are too are both too super different. different. Yeah, I, I got real good concept of that growing up out here and doing the writing kind of circuit out here and whatnot, and then going out there, different worlds. I mean, London's one of my favorite places on earth. It's it's just super inspiring, and the people out there that make music are really really there for music. Uh, generally, with the people that I've worked with, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously, there's there's paralleling people in both places and stuff that are like you know pop writers and, and whatnot who are very cut dry about their process and stuff but generally people play m- instruments out there and you know you're jamming with them and you're hanging out and stuff you know half of the songs we wrote together out there were in Lyndon's house and his living room and stuff like that um but as far as us doing better in one place or the other I think people probably know us a bit more out in London um but we do our thing in both places i think it's been really cool for us to kind of be able to bounce back and forth and show face in both places because you know he has a bunch of friends out there i have a bunch of friends out here he has a bunch of industry people he knows out there i have a bunch out here my manager's from london connections yeah our manager's from uk um but he lives out here so we we have really really good reach over both places which uh, that seems unusual i mean you tell me if i'm wrong but it seems unusual that there's there's um two different people from two what being the u.s and uk like yeah. that, that that's not as it's normally a, a uk artist band duo yeah, it's definitely or a u.s our, artist band duo. it's definitely our like unique yeah which point. i think is that that's great and, and it, it, we're, I, trying to, we're trying to play off that a lot more just in general as yeah far as all the content we do and um the way we what we're portrayed and come across is the whole like uk us link up and for a while we're i just assume service 
Yeah. <laughs> Would you say? Po- We're the new postal service. <laughs> <laughs> I Hopefully better than the postal service. Like, for a long time, I just assumed that people knew that one of us is from America, one's from England. Um, but then we get messages being like, what, you have an American accent to Romano? It's like, well, yeah, then you realize we're from UK and LA. And then that um, But then now we have spawns. to be really like, we just did this split screen video where we, cause we can't really jam together when we're, or yeah. we can like hang out on FaceTime, but we can't actually play music in time with each other. So we did this video where we both set up in the middle of the street. I was playing uh, keys. I saw that yeah. video and then someone like skateboards or lines <laughs> yeah. past you. Exactly. And that's like my, that's, that's my, literally outside my house in the street. And then Rome did it in Hollywood on the Should street. Should have seen the outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> that's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just playing off that UK, US. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. You, you playing on Abbey Road or something like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sick, man. It's, it's, and it also, it opens us up to a lot more sonically as well. Like, you know, in the UK, Lennon's beats, a lot of, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people would sing like a lot of like pretty heavy, like R&B stuff. There's, there's a massive R&B scene out there right now. With, mm-hmm. um, and I come from LA. Like 21 like, Savage, you know. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. Yeah. I am 21 Savage, actually. Um, Not many people know that fact, but um yeah no so my my landscape of sounds and stuff out here is a lot more like hip-hop and i grew up on a lot of soul and like oldies and stuff I, like that i definitely but make hip-hop beats when i'm out here that's yeah for sure. yeah for sure i pressure him into it <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's sick because there's there's a little bit of hip-hop in it there's a little bit of soul there's a little bit of you know rock and indie shit in it too yeah it's, it's, yeah one thing one thing i kind of like pride this podcast on is just so being swallow your dreams kind of like swallowing your pride at times when you you know you gotta make ends meet and doing shit and like for you specifically like you do production work as well which i'm sure also helps with i mean i'm sure you can make connections and shit like that network and things like that i don't do much production as much for for people i i write so like I'll but just, i was just curious like uh, do you have side hustles things you're oh, doing oh yeah so you both are yeah i just want to <laughs> yeah, exactly that's what i'm saying yeah. I, I wasn't like oh, saying yeah. that how that's affected you oh, guys yeah, but like sure. like whether people realize it or not like because that's not the things we're necessarily going to broadcast all the time that like yeah i mean i've spent 10 years well more i spent like eight 17 years thinking about music a lot and i kind of got to the point where i've like okay i've got this skill set i might as well use it to pay rent outside of like making my own dreams come true yeah so i totally do jobs and work with other artists and produce for other artists and um whether it's like me making beats and them getting used or just like getting employed to do adverts or like Hmm. recreating uh, samples for people or like there's tons of work and it it all works just like a different muscle for me and it's still music so i'm really grateful i can just like go to the studio every day um there's so much out there if you're a producer um it's really diverse yeah i I mean the the dream is that i just make my own music every day Mm -hmm. but um I actually do a lot of touring. Um, I work with this guy called Reaps, who's like one of my closest friends. Um, he's like one of the world's most renowned beatboxers, but we've done over 300 shows together. Oh, wow. So that's been like an amazing thing throughout my life. It's been able to keep me stable financially, but also just like I get to hang out with my friend and travel the world. And I learned so much from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just like stood in front of over 300 sound systems around the world with him and done the shows. So just that experience is just golden. Yeah. Um, it also lends itself to our advancement pretty well, I think, for both of us. Like, Lyndon will get hit up by people on, on Instagram or something, and, you know, we'll end up with a, ses- uh, with a session with them and stuff, and it's, like, sick. Not only do they get a beat from him, but they will hear our music. Yeah. I might end up on a hook, or they might end up on one of our songs because they fuck with it or something like that. And then there's the other side of it, which is, like, I work production. Um, I work with Milk Studios and stuff, and I, I do a bunch of random, like, side hustle side hustle work <laughs> but a lot of times that shit ends up being really beneficial too like um you know we're putting on farhouse and a sound company that i was working with up at coachella i i have the connect for them so like awesome. oh, did you yeah. use them yeah. for the farhouse in yeah LA? We're, we almost hired them for that and yeah. like you know friends who are producers and stuff like that through work like we had our friend max um produce the far house as well so it's just like little things that we do always are benefiting and furthering whether like, whether it's on your mind or not yeah 100%. It's sometimes it just spawns spontaneously it's actually not really spoken much by uh, spoken about much by like young artists or artists that aren't like full full time yet it's like how they keep afloat um and i know a few artists in the uk speak out about it a lot but like 
the amount of artists I know who in the public eye are like flexing super hard, but they still like work at Boots yeah. Pharmacy every day. When they don't want to talk to five. about that. Yeah, but like it's important. You like, yeah. if you want to do this and thing, you have to admit to that others. it's totally okay to like, you know, you know what I mean? Just like yeah, make, make money to pay rent so uh, that, that you can do this every that's day. That's life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a perfect example was, so we, we put out um, some new merch uh, a few weeks ago. And we're, we're getting our, our orders in and stuff. And we went to go send out a few a couple of days ago. And we were like, oh, this address is like right down the street. Like we should just drop it off. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> we emailed her and she's like, cool. And then we were leaving a meeting yesterday from like Venice heading over to the, uh, the east side. And we called her and we we're like, hey, so you're at work right now, right? Like, um, we're going to we're going to come by now. She's like. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so we pull up and I completely without realizing it was like, we, we parked and I was like, we're here. And I was like, oh fuck, look at the car I'm driving right now. My car, my car looks like a, a fucked up tennis shoe. Like it's, <laughs> it's right, like, right. that's the best way to describe it inside and out. Like <clears throat> yeah. Like the insides of it are all torn up and shit. It's just real rough. And we pulled up to that and we shamelessly just hopped out of the car. We're like, here's your shirt. Nice to meet you. How's it going? And she was like looking at us and she looked so perplexed by the whole situation. But it's like, that's the reality of it. Like, I mean, I'm, I've learned to embrace that part of life, which is like, I'm a singer and I'm not making money right now. So I'm just going to own it because there's not, I mean, I'm not going to walk around you know, and like expensive shit and then go back to a dingy yeah. apartment. Like I'm trying to make my life work. Yeah. And like... it makes you, it makes you guys, I think f- feel more relatable We're to your audience. Human beings. 100%. Yes. That, and I think that's the biggest, the kind of message that we're trying to, put out especially like, i mean with the music with uh the content with everything across the board is human interaction and human connection far house is far house because after we're coming off stage we're we want to come hang hanging out, out and yeah. meet the people that are listening to our music and make friends with that and the hope is to like do that all over the country when we go on tour the after party is a far house and everybody comes through and like we get to meet these people and let them know that our lives are n- literally no different like i'm doing the same shit as half of the other people my age I know and I think that that's a really important thing for people to have with the artists that they interact with is some type of you know sim- not similarity but some some way to compare their yeah, lives relatability and, yeah exactly um, and the music as well it's just like we're trying to convey the message of like things get shitty things get really difficult things get really really unbearable sometimes but you have to look at it from a perspective of you have to move forward. You have to survive. You have to make things better. And mm-hmm. you're, you're the power that creates that. You're the person who will move that forward. So like, yeah, that, that human interaction is so, so important for us. And I think that I really appreciate this time in my life because I know that people will get more out of what I'm trying to say because I can relate to them and because mm-hmm. Lyndon can relate to them and because we have that there, you know, in, in the diverse background there. Yeah. Um, I guess the final wrap up kind of things. One, how did far the name come about? Yes. I, we, I was, I, we tell, I was can like, we, we tell the real story. That. Yeah, I guess we. Can. I feel like yeah. we should tell you the real yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, Because oh, so, so we have a, a, a tradition. Um, <laughs> we have a tradition. Uh, when went out in LA, um, we like to do a few mushrooms here and there, and and get a little introspective. <laughs> Um, so we went up to the, um, what's that tree called? Wisdom tree? No. Wisdom tree. tree? Yeah, we did the wisdom tree hike. It was right above my house. We went up at like, yeah, like I woke, I woke Lyndon up off the couch and threw a bag of mushrooms at him at like six (laughs) in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) He woke up so fucking unready and mad and we took him in my house and drive up this hill park and we're like, uh, what's happening? So we get up this hill finally, and we're just sitting there. And it's a couple of days after Trump got elected. Okay. And firstly, it was it was some weird shit. There it was, was a like weird a day. American flag waving at the top of the mountain, and we're just looking out in the distance. Like dead. The flag was just like it limp. Looked, yeah, and we were and just like, like it, there were fires, so the whole landscape around us was like burnt, and it was literally like the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, did, the, did the apocalypse happen yeah, last like, night? Yeah. <laughs> and we're sitting there just like going back and forth, talking and stuff, and then we're trying to figure out our name because our manager had just told us like you, know, you guys need to figure it out, and we were like, what works? And the and thing the sun came up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we were like, I mean, like 
everything we've done to this point has just kind of been a succession of yeah like, you know one thing after another and we're like i mean it like feels about right like and we we're like no that's like a shitty boy band name we need to figure something out that's better so after that we finally got down went to lunch and we were like sitting there just kind of vegging out at a de- at a table <laughs> and we were like what is it feels about right f a r far we live far away from each other <laughs> that's what i um, thought it was going to be i was like yeah. oh Sick. We, that we works that's cool we go to our managers and stuff we're like far far and then we try to get the handles for it and we were like oh fuck there's a lot of people with there's I, don't, with the, I think there's a far creamery like ice cream there's company. a far festival there's far ruko there's oh. there's actually another far from really long time ago or maybe not really long but a while ago and so we added an extra r to it and well the, the the ice cream company i think is f-a-r-r is as it? well yeah damn <laughs> maybe we can get sponsored but you guys are pretty creamy too though so. hey thank you we appreciate that ice cream brand what? One thing, it's one thing we can't do. Yeah, make ice cream. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, like, I'll eat ice cream yeah. until the dead die. So that's all that matters, really. But yeah, you guys, that's what you settled on. Not not settled, but that's what you guys chose, I guess. Yeah, so. and it, it ended up making sense. And I mean, like, yeah. you know, I think that... I'm pretty happy with the name. We're, we're pretty stoked. Yeah. We're, not, we're not called, like, Funk Explosion 3000. <laughs> or the Paperclips. Or what is yeah. it? Um, the that was one of the options. Moth the Super Rainbow or whatever that one Moth is called. Moth Super Rainbow? That's, I think that's a band. That? It's like, it's, it's uh, fucking weird. They're, 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 but they're not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's, that's how the name happened. We definitely went through the whole like Romeo J Lin yeah. like, mixing all the... Matt, yeah, like yeah, a Matt and Kim that. kind of thing. <laughs> Matt and Kim, Romeo and Jay. Yeah. M- Romeo and Linden. Romenden. Romenden. Lindeo. That sounds like a nice car. Or a street name. Lindeo. Yeah. Lindeo Drive. 506 uh, Lindeo Drive. <laughs> so the last thing I always do with the, the guests is like a non-traditional piece of advice. Mm-hmm. So I think the last guest, she had said... So it it can be it can be apply applicable to this, um, but she said, "Don't fart in public." Someone else had said, "Always be the first person to buy a round of drinks at the bar." Because um, then you don't have to worry about it. Again. Exactly. That, <laughs> yeah, there's so many things. Like, so like it can that. be it can be applicable to your guys' music and the industry, or it can yeah. be kind of just something that you've always thought about. Like, let's give them some life. Let's drop some yeah. life knowledge on them. Um, if your back hurts do something about it <laughs> because otherwise you'll be in my situation where six years later you feel like a grandpa so yeah dude he he sorts out his back well you gotta learn some tricks from him <laughs> real bad no but seriously if you're like playing an instrument and like you're like ow my elbow hurts every figure it time out I play like i please please do something about it like there's a reason it hurts today um otherwise yeah you won't be able to play which yeah, shout out Pilates. Pilates. R.I.P. Martin Samsung. <laughs> shout out Pilates. What is <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to just go on that one? Do you want to drop your own? I feel like I can. I feel like I can elaborate. I mean, the the bolder point of what I was saying is like, don't lie to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You can't ignore <laughs> you can't your problems. Ignore it. Yeah, you can't ignore your. Problems. Your reflection is the hardest thing to look at. So, okay. like, look at it because that's <laughs> that's going to be harder than most other things in your life. Yeah. Like, look at it and don't necessarily change it for the worst yeah no change it for the better always try to be building on who you are as a person but i want i want to stealing my point bro come on yeah (laughs) no i'm coming up with my own i was just like you know but it's true um i don't know i think for people who are who are in the position of knowing what they want to do but don't know how to do it it's like there's always the next step there's always like the next thing you can be doing for yourself and your your progression as a human being, whether it's in, a, in an industry or whether it's just on a life level. There's always one thing you can tell yourself to improve on and always try to do that and always embrace the weird shit because I spent a real fucking long time being a little kid who was insecure about all the weird things that they were and I didn't realize that that was my biggest benefit until 24. So like... If you're weird, I can, I can be definitely weird. stay weird. Agree Austin. with that. Yes, yeah, stay weird. Yeah. I can definitely, I can definitely agree with that because, like, yeah. I was like my voice. Like, I used to fucking hate the sound of my own voice, but after doing this podcast, I love listen. I love editing afterwards because I just love the sound do of you, my own voice. You just sit at home with headphones just, on and a mic, just talking, yeah, to whacking yourself. off. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're d- I'll, I'll re-record it. Say and has I'll, again. I'll re-record it and I'll be like. 
you're doing good. You're doing good. And <laughs> just play it back almost to myself. There. Yeah, almost yeah. there. Almost there. Almost there. <laughs> but like, yeah, I used to be self conscious of that. But now, like, I embrace my voice. Like, used to fucking hate my hair. Now I embrace my hair and just yeah, shit. You got like some that. locks, dude. Yeah, and so it's like you kind of just have to hair. take advantage of what you're given. Don't don't ignore it, dude. No one. You can't change it. Like, no. I mean, there's plastic surgery, but you're not gonna be fucking happy with yourself. <laughs> and after I also you don't do have that. that money either. So, and I'm not that I want to, but. Well, cool. Um, thank you for thank you for coming in. Um, what were you gonna say? Something? I was gonna say thank you for having us. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for yes, having yes. us. It's early, um, dude. If you guys want, what? Just Spotify, Apple Music. Are you guys on Apple Music? Yeah. So we're on far, all platforms. All platforms. Look at far. Our website, farmusic.com. At the bottom, there's like all the links to everything. Yep. You can find all of our music. We got another single coming out next month, and then uh, album late mid-year yeah 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 you guys should listen they've got some good stuff i think what was it blades has like a, a million streams on spotify or something two and a half two yeah. and a half uh, just on spotify yeah so it's yeah they, these guys are legit you guys should listen to some good music um i was impressed yeah thank you I, I didn't know you had that kind of voice behind you and then <laughs> i didn't know you at the time but i was like damn this is this is some stuff so I appreciate it man. you guys got Thanks some stuff coming us. so i'm uh, happy to spread the word Hell yeah. Cool. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your day. Peace. Cut.